to Best of Friends. I will drive down there to beat you. We were very cool in high school. Who think they know football. I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre. I have to pay more attention to the Lions this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. OurLions.com, Pro Fantasy Football, Pro Football Reference, ESPN. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. Good evening, morning, afternoon from the 2M Football Podcast. That's right, we are back in action after another impromptu bye week. Uh, with you here, I was going to say as always, but it's been a little bit less than always. Uh, but with you here as often this season, <laughs> I'm Mike, and joining me on the other end of the Zoom call is well. I just I just wanted to say that it, it's always us. <laughs> That's true. We've just been missing sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, there's this thing, life, and you know, this doesn't exactly pay the bills. And yet. <laughs> Maybe in season three, it all comes together. Could be. Um, but yeah, you're right. We have, I don't think we've even been able to have a guest join us live. Just a few audio clips here and there, mostly from Sorio. <laughs> uh, but yeah, due to scheduling issues and actually illness this time, not COVID, thankfully. But uh, yeah, the, it was um, I was the problem last week. Or rather, the, the kids were. And <laughs> nobody was sleeping. Everyone was sick. It's been a total mess, honestly, since they've been in daycare in school, um, which has been a lot of benefits. But um, yeah, there's been a lot of sickness going around back and forth. They're getting down with the sickness. Bam, bam. Yes, exactly. But um, yeah, so sorry we missed you last week. A lot happened and we are back tonight. And I already forgot to set my timer to make sure we don't go over an hour. Let me do that now. Okay. Way to go, Mike. You had like one job. Well, I have a lot of jobs technically. Well, technically, I only, I, only have, I only have one job that pays the bills. And it's not this. <laughs> As you outlined. But yes, we are recording this on Wednesday, December 22nd uh, in the evening. About 24 hours away from kicking uh, the kickoff of week 16. The kickling? I don't know what happened there. <laughs> so welcome, Matt. How are you today, tonight? I'm enjoying Christmas cookies because we had our Christmas stuff this past weekend. Nice. And chocolate milk while we record. Love it. Because why the hell not? Sure. It's about it's holiday pretty- season. It's about eating a lot of food, family time, and football. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think we got to start off with some pretty crappy news. Yeah, well, just as uh, COVID cases around the world are on the rise, this has um, also been the case in the NFL. And we had some weird stuff happen this week, this past week in week 15. Uh, we'll start our show tonight with a recap of week 15 before we get into our playoff predictions our week 16 preview, and then a less triumphant than usual trip to the fantasy corner. And it's the, our yes. fantasy playoffs edition. So, oh, but yeah. oh, no, never mind. <laughs> Let's start with the week 15 recap. And uh, yeah, it has to be said right at the top that I feel like uh, teams and the league and everybody had done a pretty good job managing uh the pandemic up to this point, we hadn't had a major number, you know, any major outbreaks in any teams, really. We hadn't had any games rescheduled or postponed, uh, but all that came back, all that uncertainty, all that craziness came back this past week with outbreaks across the league. There were multiple teams with 20 or more players on the COVID reserve list at, at some point during the week. It was insane. Yeah. <laughs> The Browns were one of the hardest hit teams. They were supposed to play on Saturday. That game ended up getting moved to Monday. So there was a Monday night doubleheader. And then two of the games from Sunday, I believe it was Dallas, Washington and uh, Seattle, LA, both got moved to Tuesday. So we had Tuesday night football. 
So this is actually this Wednesday as we record this is the only day off between weeks 15 and 16, given that we start right back up again tomorrow with Thursday Night Football or today as you're listening to this. So with that said, let's talk upsets in week 15. There may have been a few more by the numbers, you know, just based on who Vegas. I don't care about the numbers. I care about the one and only game that mattered (laughs) Uh, as both a Packer fan and as apparently a unsung lion fan. What? (laughs) Yeah. I never thought I'd get this excited over a team with two wins. The lions hosted the Cardinals, you know, the Cardinals that had the number one, I think they had the best record in the league coming into this weekend. And they came into the Detroit Lions stadium, the Lions who have one win, one tie, all losses. <laughs> and uh, I mean, the Lions dominated this game start to finish. It wasn't even like a nail biter where one weird thing happened and the Cardinals, you know, lost the game on a fluky play. They got, they got their, they got their butts handed to them on a platter. Yeah, it 30, was made of silver and blue. 30 to 12 was the final score here. And it was weird. I mean, the Cardinals got – so admittedly, they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, their top receiver, and they won't have him likely until – I should say unless they reach the Super Bowl uh, with injury. He's expected out the next couple months or, you know, like month at least, six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, that being said, they still had A.J. Green, who they brought in in the offseason. Christian Kirk, the youngster. They got Chase Edmonds back from injury, their dynamic dual threat running back who's been injured since, I don't know, five or six. But I don't know, despite, too long. Despite all that, the offense, Kyler Murray really struggled here. But, yeah, Kyler Murray <laughs> completed barely 50% of his passes. The Lions picked him off. And uh, he didn't use his legs at all in this game, just three rushing yards, which is the most surprising part. I mean, I think this begs the question in reality here, a really good question. With Hopkins in, this team was unstoppable. Anytime he's missed time, not so much. You know, Kyler Murray was in the MVP candidacy right at the beginning through the first half of the year. And now not too much is said about him lately. So it situation here for, for the Cardinals being the fact that they lost to Detroit. You know, we've seen teams that are super hot through three quarters of the season just peter out at the end. Steelers was a good example. Last year. Uh, yeah. Last year. Are you hearing me? Sorry about that. If uh, if the connection has been bad to this point, I switched to hotspot. I'm not hearing No, you're good. Okay. Yeah, I've had no issues on the side. But yeah, it's a good it's a good uh, comparison. The Cardinals were the longest; they went the longest without losing a game. But they're now in danger. Not only have they fallen from the top seed in the NFC, they're now in danger of not winning their division with the Rams, the resurgent Rams. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> but uh, really, really impressive performance by the Lions here. Their third string running back, Craig Reynolds, who I think you smartly picked up and played in fantasy football. To no avail. It's fine. But yeah, I mean, he might have been your team's best player this week, but he ran for over 100 yards against what had been a really good Cardinal defense. Uh, he was forced into action with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams both out uh, for this game. I think Swift due to injury, Williams, I forget if it was injury or being on the COVID list, but either way, both were ineligible. And then I thought this was an interesting storyline from the game. Jared Goff, who, if you recall, had spent his previous uh, four or however many years he's been in the league with the Rams where he played the Cardinals twice a year in that same division. Well, he just so happened to have his best game of the season in this game against his former division rival. He had almost as many touchdowns as incomplete passes with uh, 21 for 26, 216 yards and three scores on the day. And there was another player on the lions named Josh Reynolds, one of their receivers who was uh, a former was a former Ram. Yeah, he was a teammate of Jared Goff's in L.A. too. Both of them making a new start for themselves in Detroit. And they connected six times in this game for 68 yards and a touchdown. And it was just, like I said, pure domination start to finish by Detroit. It was one of those where you watch the score, Lions jumped out to an early lead, and, you know, it's like, is this going to happen? But a lot of times it doesn't. Teams get the, sh- get the ship righted, and 
make a comeback, but there was no point where it looked like the Cardinals were going to win this game. And if you saw, I don't know if you saw this, uh, it was posted on social media and stuff, but Dan Campbell's locker room speech after the game uh, just was more proof, I think, of what we already know is that this group, despite their lack of success, uh, it's a There's passionate heart. bunch. Yeah, they they a lot of heart. Uh, they fight for every game, which we've seen, a lot of close games. And uh, they really put in the effort, and you can tell it means a lot to them. I mean, it's amazing that, like, you know, five, six, seven months ago, we were making fun of Dan Campbell, who had never even been a coordinator at this point. Right, right. Being named the head coach, and we're like, what the – like, the Lions are bad, but this is just a whole new level of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then, like, the, the blockbuster, like, trade, you know, Matt Stafford, who has been a solid quarterback, mm-hmm. taking Jared Goff, and we were all like, okay, this team makes no sense. They got rid of Kenny Galladay and all this stuff, and it's like, right. what are they doing? And yet, <laughs> this team is exciting to watch. I've never been excited to watch the Lions team for 2022. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Dan Campbell has made a fan out of me. I will say that. Let's move on to our playoff sleeper teams. Oh, do we freaking have to? Two of which went head-to-head in an exciting Yeah, battle. they all suck. <laughs> yeah, the Broncos lost a super depressing game to the Bengals. 15-10 to 10 is the score, and that pretty much tells you all you need to know about how fun this game was to watch. Uh, although there was one notable headline was a really – Scary-looking head injury suffered by Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he was running with the football, kind of dove, jumped forward, tried to get a first down, and it was one of those where he got like hit hit low, I think, during the during that action, and kind of flipped over and landed on his head, and it was really rough. Um, and obviously, he left the game. He had to be carted off the field, went to a local hospital. One of several scary concussions on the week. That's another story. Yeah, there was McNichols who looked pretty bad. I thought he was going to be out for the Titans game on the goal line. Yeah. But he was like one of like at least two players, I think, that were carted off the field. Yeah, Donald Parham for LA in the first game of the week, which was – that one was the, almost the scariest because there was no contact even. It was just him diving to make a catch and going down and banging his head on the turf. And, and I think I texted you this. Like, it's amazing from, like, watching it from our perspective that these – hits or these landings they don't seem major like you don't see a lot of movement but then you know they don't get up yeah and it's like yeah. well it didn't look like much but it clearly was something and then it turns out to be something major and you're like wow yeah the, the brain is a mystery I, I mean some of them you can tell right away you know like when they when you see the players go like limp basically like, oh Damn, that guy's. Or you see him take like a knee to the head or something, something that made it obvious, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I could feel that. Um, Yeah. Luckily, it looks like he's going to be like, he's fine. He's been released from the hospital. He's back with the team. He's not going to play Bridgewater, that is, in week 16. Um, But good to see at least that he is on the mend. And in terms of this game, Drew Locke came in, finished the game. Initially, he did give the offense a bit of a spark. He threw a nice touchdown pass to Tim Patrick. Yeah, on Um, my bench. Yeah, <laughs> RIP. Their only touchdown of the game. Um, but then you know he showed also why he was not chosen to be the starter for this year. Why? Why? Mike? Why? Not because he sucks. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Broncos had a chance to win this game. They were driving late in the fourth quarter, like halfway through, maybe with the same score, fifteen to ten, and they were in. They were inside the Bengals thirty, maybe around the twenty-five when uh, Locke was trying to run with the football or evade a pass rusher and sort of carelessly was holding the ball too high and the defender just like was able to poke it out and he lost that fumble where they were in a scoring opportunity. And that was their last opportunity really to score any points in this game. So it's a big blow to their playoff hopes. I think they sit at seven and seven. Now we're going to talk about the playoffs playoff picture in more detail in just a minute, but yeah, the Broncos really needed this one, especially against the Bengals, who are also in the thick of the, the playoff race in the AFC. 
And then uh, in terms of my other sleeper team, fared much better. The 49ers posted your yeah. Falcons. Yeah, why don't you talk about how where your 49ers did? I'll talk about how great the 49ers were. They took care of business easily. <laughs> but I texted you. We didn't obviously we didn't have a show last week, so we didn't make this announcement. But I texted you like, hey, karaoke bet. <laughs> Since it's the first time our sleeper teams are going head to head. And you're like, sure, why not? I bet you regretted that decision. But the f- uh, you know what? No, because the karaoke bets are a lot more fun. Yeah, they are fun. Um, I'm gonna be proposing another one to you this week in just a few minutes. Oh, you're proposing to me, Michael. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> um, yeah. So the 49ers defense played really well. They really smothered any attempts Atlanta made to run the ball with um, Mike Davis or Cordero Patterson. They sacked Matt Ryan three times, forcing and recovering a fumble. One of them, and once again, Jimmy Garoppolo was perfectly serviceable <laughs> he was efficient high completion percentage. i don't know if i'm aggravated about this or like content i don't even know how to read into the backfield there i don't know yeah i mean now that now that i'm out of the fantasy now, i mean i didn't even make the playoffs i don't care about that angle anymore obviously for that reason i had been hoping trey lance would take over all year but even that aside there's always it's always exciting when the rookie comes in and takes over but the 49ers have been Good enough with Jimmy G. They're eight and six. They're in the playoffs if the season ended today. And he's fine. He's not lighting it up. I don't think he has any games with three or more touchdowns. I don't know if he's ever broken 300 yards, but he's been uh, pretty clean with the football, not and you know, inordinate. He's not losing them games with turnovers. That offense goes through the running backs anyway, and um, in uh, Kyle Shanahan's system. So in that sense, Jimmy G is kind of the perfect quarterback for yeah, that. Yeah, just kind of that game manager, which isn't bad right. when it fits the offense. It's when it doesn't fit the offense, it's absolutely frustrating to watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so it is probably looking like, given the team's success, we will not see Trey Lance this year. Uh, but again, I'm over it, personally. <laughs> and the running, yeah, game, running game did its job in this game, too, with um, – Leading rusher Eli Mitchell was out with injury, but Jeff Wilson and wide receiver slash running back Debo Samuel leading the way on the ground. Slash, who the hell knows what he is on a roster? Both scoring rushing touchdowns, yeah. How much you want to bet he's one of those players? Like, wasn't Ty Montgomery one of those that, like, wanted to be a wide receiver and wound up being changed to running back? Yeah, I forget exactly what the story was there. Yeah, I think he maybe started as a receiver, but then all the running backs got hurt, and then they made him play running back. I don't, I don't remember anymore. But yeah, it is kind of like that. Cordero Patterson is another example. But he started as a punt returner, didn't he? Just in general, or was it just we know him as a punt returner? I think he was like a return specialist and receiver, kind of like what they tried to do with Hester, right? Devin Hester back in the day. Wow, that's going back many moons ago. We were in high school. <laughs> that is many moons ago. Anyway, Matt, uh, tell us about your other playoff sleeper team. Oh, you mean not the Falcons that got wiped by the Niners? Yes. <laughs> um, so the Raiders played the Broncos, and, or the Browns. Yes. That's the team. On um, Tuesday, or no, never mind. This is the other Monday night. The other Monday game. And initially it seemed like this game should have been way more in the bag. Uh, but in true Raiders fashion, they, of course, were giving points up to a third string Nick Mullins yeah. uh, quarterback with Baker and Keenum still on the COVID list. And it all comes down to, of course, a game winning drive by Derek Carr, who is inconsistent all over the field and a last second field goal to keep them alive with a win of 16 to 14. If the Raiders manage to sneak in, they ain't going very far. I don't have a lot of confidence. This team does not look poised to go very far. They have a lot of issues to figure out. Josh Jacobs doesn't look good running the ball this year. Derek Carr can't be kept clean. Darren Waller's um, been the, hurt for a while. Waller is clearly week to week is what they say, but I doubt they're getting him back within the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, and then they're on the defensive side of the ball, it's – just shows you what they did. They gave up 14 points to Nick Mullins. 
Yeah, and one of those, uh, the Browns scored a touchdown late that uh, almost won the game, or it could have been a game winner. But but yeah, I mean, they the Raiders pulled it out. <laughs> they figured out a way to win. But I, so, we'll, we'll talk about it more in a minute. But I think they have a tough remaining schedule. So it's hard I'm not. To- ex- yeah. yeah, I I don't have. I think I predict uh, they're going to go one and two in the next, and they're going to miss. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, well, let's get into a couple other games uh, that to highlight here. The Packers played the Ravens in one of the most exciting games of the week. the The game was played in Baltimore. Biggest headline going in was Lamar Jackson's health. He's been out with an ankle injury. Um. And he was not able to play in this game either. So Tyler Huntley came in. Yeah. So you know what sounded like a great decision? The Packers defense in fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Who would give stupid advice like that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who would hinge their entire playoff career on a defensive I, scheme. I apologize for suggesting that, Matt. <laughs> that I'll take the L on that one. Because <laughs> listen, Huntley looked good, arguably better than Lamar has played at times this season. And he he did it in a similar fashion, actually, ironically, with his legs too. And I just want to ironically, it's the Packers defense. Well, okay, yes. <laughs> that leads me to the main thing I want to say about this game. How many years have we watched the Packers defense completely unable to handle mobile quarterbacks? It doesn't matter whether it's Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick was the first one, at least in my fandom <laughs> watching the uh, and just seeing them just get torched on the ground. It's like, oh, great. The coverage is good. But, oh, wait, he's running. Oh, there's nobody for 40 yards down the field. Come on, guys. Get with the program. Because uh, Huntley had two rushing touchdowns in this game. And I don't have the stats in front of me. But, you know, close, probably close to 100 yards on the ground. And that is I got it. That is probably the most aggravating thing to see happen <laughs> when you're watching a game. And you know, as a biased fan rooting for the Packers here. It's like, where is everybody? <laughs> yeah, just a massive hole the in the like, Well, yeah. don't mind if I do. They better get that figured out. Although it doesn't look like they're going to have to worry about Russell Wilson anymore this year. That <laughs> <laughs> nerd. Anyway, Rodgers had another great game. Uh, early on, it looked like Green Bay might run away with this. Uh, but the Ravens... Uh, made a bit of a comeback in the fourth quarter and uh, they actually scored a touchdown with less than a minute left in the game. The uh, If they just kicked the extra point, like usual, that would have tied it. They decided to go for two and the win, although I put maybe in parentheses there because there were still 42 seconds on the clock and the Packers had a timeout. So either way, they might've, they might've been screwed because Rogers was having a great game. So there was a lot mm-hmm. of time, but it ended up not even mattering because the Packers defense stood tall for once in the second half anyway. And uh, they got the stop and that essentially ended the game. It's just interesting that that's the second time this year, the Ravens have gone for a two point conversion at the end of a game and going for the win rather than tying it and potentially playing for overtime. The other one was against Pittsburgh a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And uh, both those decisions have backfired on them. What was really cool to see like, I don't know. I'm aggressive, so I absolutely understand, like, against it. these two teams. You go big or you go home, or you risk going home. And he went for it. And there was, um, on their social media, the Ravens showing, like, footage of after the call didn't work, uh, Mark Andrews walked up to Harbaugh and, like, kind of gave him that brotherly hug and told him, like, I got your back. Like, the players agreed with the call, despite right. the fact it cost them the game. Yeah, that is nice to see, because, of course, you get burned at the stake in the media for decisions like that. <laughs> either way, I, I think either way, though, he who was – I think it was the right call, because if you just tie the game there, like I said, there was plenty of time for Rodgers to score, or maybe you lose the game in overtime. And so, so I agree with you. I tend to be on the favor of – on the side of playing more aggressively. So with this win, though, for the Packers, they clinched the NFC North division title. Uh, as my mom would say, bring out the hats. And uh, it's they, cheese time. It's cheese they, o'clock. It's always cheese o'clock in my house. <laughs> uh, I live in cheese o'clock country. That's right. You do. You do. 
and uh, the Packers remain the number one seed in the NFC. And on the Ravens side, they're actually out of the playoffs right now. If the season ended today, as crazy as it seems, a few weeks ago they were the top seed in the AFC, but now they're out of it as it currently stands. A couple other quick hitters here: the Chiefs beat the Chargers 34-28 in overtime on Thursday night. That was the first game of the week. Um, yeah, and if you want to talk about fourth down aggressive play calling, <laughs> this is the game for you. Jeez, Brandon Staley, the new Chargers head coach. Uh, his first year in that role. He's a madman is what I wrote in the notes. I, and I love it. <laughs> they went for it on fourth down five times, twice in goal to go situations, uh, both of which they got turned away. <laughs> and, and, but uh, they were two out of five on the game on fourth down. And I just, I don't know. It's refreshing to see that kind of aggression. Yeah. Especially from a team that usually loses it, it you know, in close games, but and, I mean, and they did still, but <laughs> they went for it at least. They understand. I mean, Brandon Staley understood the Chiefs are back. These aren't the Chiefs. These aren't the Chiefs of six weeks ago. <laughs> These are the vintage, you know, 2020 Chiefs tearing everyone up. And Mahomes, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, monster games from all of them. And they put up. They lit up the scoreboard here and then obviously walked away with the win. A couple other quick hitters here. The Dolphins uh, took care of business against the Jets. And when they're They six- grounded those Jets. Hot nailed it. Funny as hell. <laughs> Great. Excellent. Seven out of ten. It was their sixth straight win after a one and seven start. The Dolphins are, are at 500, seven and seven, and on the bubble, on the playoff, uh, the edge of the playoff picture right now. Yeah, they're looking over the edge, over the horizon. They're like, we can see it. We can see it. (laughs) The Colts had an impressive win on Saturday night over the Patriots. The Colts or Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, Jonathan. Well, they're one in the same at this point. (laughs) (laughs) They literally ran it. I think think Taylor had 29 rushing attempts in this game. They only let Carson – oh, yeah, here's the main takeaway is Carson Wentz is – Still, the quarterback position is still what's holding this team back. <laughs> they only let him throw it 12 times. He completed just five of those 12, still threw a pick on just 12 attempts. And honestly, just watching the game, he should have had like two or three more interceptions that went right off defenders' hands. He was awful. You know what made me super mad? Huh? You know what really made me mad in that game? <laughs> the fact that with one catch in seven yards, Michael Pittman decided now's a good time to get into a fight and get thrown out of the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was unfortunate for you. I shut the game off and did not watch the rest of it. I was so mad. I was fuming the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, I can see. Um, that. And I stand by my 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 take on that. Carson Wentz sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a big win for the Colts. They are, I think they're in the playoffs if the season ended today. So big turnaround from where this team was like a month ago. You want to know what's crazy? It looks like we're going back in football, you know, and I mean that by like the way offenses run. You've got Jonathan Taylor, you've got Najee Harris, you normally have Derrick Henry. Um, you've got all these teams that are focused on running the ball and then throwing Cleveland. Uh, with with yeah. Kareem Hunt and, and, and Nick Chubb. Like, so many teams are running the ball more than they ever have before. And it's kind of cool to see that old sort of grindy football come back. It, yeah, it is interesting. Uh, the That's the way the Patriots, too, want to play on the other side of this game, you know, with Ramondre Stevenson. Well, when you only let Harris. Mac Jones throw it three times, it's fine. <laughs> it makes for a wonderful game to watch. Speaking of wonderful games to watch, that's sarcasm, though, in this case. The Steelers beat the Titans in a game that Barely. wasn't super exciting, but it had big ramifications for the playoffs. Uh, yeah, 19-13 to 13 at Heinz Field. Brian Tannehill is really struggling with the lack of healthy receiving weapons. Uh, A.J. Brown was out this game. Had if only they kept Corey Davis. Right. Well, I think he's hurt now, too, for the Jets. But Well, you know what? Shut around. up. That's not the point. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I hate you. <laughs> And John o. Smith, who they also let go in free agency. Yeah. Ready to let's take a short break, come back, and we're going to make our playoff predictions. 
Uh oh, what are we predicting? The I swear to God, if you say the playoffs, <laughs> I, I hang up. <laughs> And we're back to football here. Mike and Matt with you. Nope, talking. just Mike. <laughs> oh, no. You, did you make good on your your uh, threat to hang up? Yeah, I'm hung up. This okay. is me. Oh, okay. Am I talking to you? You're a force ghost now? <laughs> All right, let's take a look at the current playoff picture as things stand today, entering week 16. Insert picture here. You guys can all see that, right? Just in case you can't, let's uh, read what's in the picture. <laughs> let's start in the oh AFC. My God, you couldn't even put logos or pictures. I just, you know what, Matt? These are screenshots from the first website that had them updated after the Tuesday night games. <laughs> Why do you need pictures? Can you not read? <laughs> no. Okay, so starting in the AFC. <laughs> The Kansas City Chiefs at, with a 10 and 4 record. Chiefs. Thanks for that. Are in the number one spot. Number two are the Patriots at 9 and 5. Oh, hold on. Sorry. <clears throat> Mike, dinner's done. <laughs> Not now, honey. <laughs> wow. That's, That's the honey. nicest thing you've ever said to me. I was going to say, that's not how I talk to my wife. Anyway, <laughs> the Titans <laughs> are also 9-5. and five. They're the number three seed currently uh, in, in the lead by one game in the AFC South. The Bengals in the tightly contested AFC North are currently the lead in that division with an 8-6 and six record, so they take the four spot. And then uh, right now the Colts are in fifth with an eight and six record as well, um, along with the Chargers and the Bills rounding it out, all with an eight and six record. Uh, yeah, this little... AFC, like, from fourth down is going to be a super tight race to the finish. It's wild, yeah. So right now, the teams that are uh, still very much alive in the hunt, but outside of it at the moment, are the Ravens, who are also eight and six. Just behind them by half game, the Steelers, because of that tie, they're seven and six and one. They're right there. Your Raiders at seven and seven. The Dolphins also seven and seven. The Browns and the Broncos also seven and seven. All yeah. teams, very 13 teams, very much in the mix. And so, okay. Uh, what I did. What, what, what are we trying to project here? Okay, so I looked at all these teams' final three games and try to try to guess where they will or how you know what their record will be in those games, and then put together a projected, um, you know, top seven order. Yeah, and uh, so I'll tell you after doing that, after going through that myself, that the teams in the playoffs actually didn't change. So it's Chiefs, Patriots. Titans, Bengals, Colts, Chargers, and Bills still after three more weeks, at least in my probably wrong projections. <laughs> yeah, they're wrong because I think there's one team that will – two teams that may not make it. All right, who you got? So as the first seed, I actually have the Colts. The Colts, really? Okay. Uh, with Behind Jonathan Taylor in the run game, despite the fact that Carson Wentz sucks – um, the Colts have dominated going forward. Their only team in this in this in the AFC that has the ability to rival them right now is the Patriots because it's the freaking Patriots. Right, who they just beat head to head though, yeah. Um, so one seed I have the Colts. The two seed I have the Chiefs. Three seed I have the Chiefs. Fourth seed I have the Chargers. Fifth seed, I have uh, the Bengals. The sixth seed, I have the Ravens. And the seventh seed, I have the Dolphins. Okay. That's my top seven. <laughs> so you had, yeah. So you had the Bengals and the Ravens both getting in from the AFC North. Uh, the Dolphins and the Raiders. Uh, Dolphins and the Ravens. So did the Bills fall out of the playoffs for you, or did I was I not paying attention? 
you weren't paying attention. Yes, the Bills do not make it. Oh, wow. uh, neither do the neither do the Char uh, Titans. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I the Colts have definitely two winnable games on the schedule. Raiders and Jaguars. The biggest test will be actually on Christmas Day or well Christmas night. <laughs> They're playing the Cardinals, which I think is going to be super fascinating and very very important game. They just lost to the Lions. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only one I had them I'm projecting them to lose, but I could certainly see them winning if they're able to not not let Carson Wentz throw the ball. <laughs> All right, so let's switch over to the NFC then. Currently you didn't go over yours. Well, okay. I told you they're the same teams actually. I don't have any changes in terms of who's in and who's out. But oh, I have to... So you were just curious because mine was more interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's why I had you go first. But oh yeah, I'll, I'll run through it really quick. So the Chiefs, I still have in the number one spot. They're ten and four. I have them winning out and finishing thirteen and four. Uh, the Patriots stay number two for me. I think they go two and one in their final three games and stay at the top or stay second. Uh, the Chargers actually jumped up to number three for me because I think they also have a good chance to win out. They play the Texans, the Broncos, and the Raiders to, to finish the season. And I think those are games they can definitely win. Uh, so they jump up to number three with finishing 11 and six. Um, fourth for me, I do have the Titans. I do have the Titans getting in despite going one and two in their final three games. They are playing the 49ers, which we'll preview in just a minute. And then the Dolphins and the Texans. So I really only think they will win the Texans game out of those three. But the way the math worked out, unless I made a mistake, they still um, they still won the division because they tied the Colts and they swept them earlier in the season. So they would win the tiebreaker there if that were to happen. So I have the Titans at four, the Colts at five, the Bills stayed in at six for me. I have them also winning two out of their final three. They play the Patriots, which is the toss-up for me, but then they play the Falcons and the Jets, which are games I think they should win both of those. Uh, and then finally, I had the, the Bengals still. Actually, they wouldn't be seven, though, because they would be division winners. But regardless, <laughs> I had the Bengals being the team to get in Uh so I had the Bengals and the Ravens finishing at nine and eight, both the Steelers at eight, eight and one. So they'd be out. Um, and I think the Bengals win on tiebreakers, which I don't know if I'm hundred percent correct on that. <laughs> I don't know. I put seven teams that I think are going to make it in. <laughs> I mean, once it gets into tiebreaker scenarios, it all gets super weird because first it's head to head or no first, if they're actually, I'm not even going to go into it because I think I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it gets weird. So I, I really could see that as a toss-up. I do have the Dolphins finishing nine and eight as well, but I think as a non-division winner, I think they weren't able to get in because of that. Anyway, I feel like I'm rambling now. That's why I didn't want to do, but I'm glad I did because <laughs> I put work into it. So thank you. <laughs> it's just for you. In the NFC, the current standings are as such. The Packers are in first place, 11 and three. Cowboys 10 and four and second Buccaneers are the three seed right now at 10 and four, then the Cardinals at 10 and four. So there's your division leaders. Then you have the Rams who are also 10 and four, the eight and six San Francisco 49ers. And then in the seventh slot, the Vikings at seven and seven. Now they are tied with the next two teams, but I, I guess they win on tiebreakers because the saints and the Eagles are also seven and seven. And then you've got the Washington football team and Atlanta Falcons, both at six and eight. And then uh, I feel like it's really reaching for these next two, but they're in the list 12th and 13th current uh, ranking or whatever current teams are the Panthers and the Seahawks, both at five and nine. Although I think the Seahawks loss uh, to the Rams pretty much sealed their fate for this year. And here I do actually have one team getting in that's not currently in in the, the picture so but i'm gonna is have it the saints it, it is the saints yeah 
and I have the Vikings falling out. How about you? I have a couple of changes. I think the Cowboys and the Rams will switch rankings. Mm-hmm. No. The Rams and the Cardinals switch rankings. Yes, I have the Rams winning that division. Sorry, I had to rethink that for a second there. My bad. Hey, it's okay. Um, and I have the Niners and the Saints swapping. Oh, so you have the Niners not making it? Nope. Are you, is that just to spite me because they're my playoff sleeper? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't put it past you. I just think the Saints, as questionable as they are, and don't get me wrong, I don't think they're going to go very far. The Niners are just, I don't know what to think of them. I don't know what to think of either one of those teams, but I put a little bit more faith in Sean Payton with his questionable offense than I do with the fact that, you know, was it Debo Samuels a running back? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that's valid. I have the Saints going 2-1 and one in their last three games. They they got a tough one against Miami on Monday night. I'm actually really looking forward to that. But that looks that, exciting because I think that determines whether or not I chose Miami to make it in barely. Yeah, I think I have Miami winning that one too, which I think is what I'm hearing you say. Uh, but the then they play the Panthers and the Falcons to finish the season both games, I would expect the Saints to win. So that's why I have, I have them finishing nine and eight and leapfrogging the Vikings, who I have uh, losing two out of their final three games. And that's why the Vikings fall out. They play uh, the Rams, then the Packers, before getting the Bears in Week 18. Which And that's the only game I think they can win out of those three. So that's why the Vikings fall out for me. Other than uh, that, Out of pure biasness, I don't think they're going to beat the Packers, but I nope. feel like there might be a small chance that they beat the Rams. The Rams have definitely shown vulnerability at, at points throughout the year. But uh, like I said earlier, they are resurgent. <laughs> and I, I think they are just going to, I think they're going to win that game. That would go a long way towards leapfrogging the Cardinals, which I think we both have, right? I have the Rams winning that division at 12 and 5. Yes. That said, the Cardinals do. Speaking of previewing wins and losses, uh huh. I think you know what it's time for. Time for you to cut me off before I finish all my crazy scenarios. <laughs> yes. All right. Because I know what happened when we did this in the AFC. Then you got okay. mad at me. All right. Thanks, man. I mean, clearly, whatever you do, I'm going to get mad at you. So let's just take one more quick break and come back for the week 16 preview. No, you can go back for the week 16 preview. I'm going home. <laughs> you are home. We're recording virtually. Damn it. And we're back. <laughs> Football podcast here. Part three of the show, we're going to preview every week 16 matchup. And every one of them? Every single one of them in great Jesus detail. Jesus Christ. In great detail. Oh, thank you. Now I have to find the bleep button. <laughs> There's no way He's going to throw a blanket statement out there at the top. It does look like games are going to be impacted once again by COVID, unfortunately. So we're just going to not specifically talk about that, but just know that it, it could be out there and player availability is really up in the air. I really would even like recommend us rec- uh, us saying what days they're supposed to be on. We should just go team by team That's because true. God knows this is all going to probably change. Very much a possibility. So uh, this week's game order is brought to you once again by Mike's Watchability Index. And my top game of the week, I think you're probably going to disagree with. I have the Bills at Patriots. Oh. <laughs> Off to a strong start. These teams. God, this index sucks. <laughs> These teams battling for first place in the AFC East. I think they're a game apart right now. The Patriots one game ahead. And so they're about to be two games ahead. <laughs> wait, wait, touch, nudge. Mm-hmm. They, the Patriots won um, what I'm calling the Wind Bowl from a couple weeks ago, in which, as I think you referenced, um, I was going to say Daniel Jones. No, his brother, Mac Jones. No. <laughs> Only attempted three passes due to 50-mile-per-hour wind. Daniel Jones smacked his face and is out now. Yeah. There's Mac. 
<laughs> I think you're thinking of Glennon, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Noodle deck. He always comes back. I, uh, but yeah, so I feel like you kind of have to throw out that result just based on the way te- they weren't able to play the way they would normally play. <laughs> Although, if you ask Belichick, his ideal game script might be three pass attempts and 50 rushing attempts. I don't know. Your ideal script is whatever puts a W in the column. That's fair. And he is good at that. And I'm taking the Patriots. Uh, yeah. Next up for me. We alluded to it already. Colts at Cardinals on Christmas Day. That would be my number one game. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, come on. The Colts have, together. The Colts have strung together uh, some impressive wins lately, most recently against the Patriots. Um, but they've also, sorry, I'm pulling it up right now, so I have proof to back up what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, they played the Buccaneers close a few weeks ago. They blew out the Bills the week before that, and then they shut out the Texans uh, the week in between. So, I mean, they've been in pretty good run of form lately. And meanwhile, the Cardinals are kind of going the opposite way, losing star players to injury and insult as well, <laughs> losing to the, the lowly Lions this past week. Yeah, they did that. They did. I really want to take the Colts here. I'm taking the Colts because that backs up my entire plan. <laughs> right. I feel like taking the Cardinals just nullified anything I said about the playoff standings, but you know what? That's cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I got to think if uh, Craig Reynolds can can gash this run defense, you can only imagine what Jonathan Taylor is going to do. Although It's going to be terrible, but amazing. <laughs> there might be uh, argument to be made at this point between Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Who would you rather have? I honestly don't know. Goff. <laughs> Might be. Might be. Okay, my next top game, 49ers at Titans, a Thursday night game. Oh my God, really? It's extra exciting for me personally, just because I'm, I'm pulling for the Niners as they are my playoff sleeper that actually has a shot. <laughs> but it's also a really important game in the standings with both of these teams. Uh, having a tenuous grasp on their current playoff spot. The Titans are going to be down two offensive linemen, two starters on the offensive line. Uh, That's the bad news. The good news for them is they might have both A.J. Brown and Julio Jones back from injury here, which would be the first time in a while, and a huge lift for Ryan Tannehill, who we talked about has been struggling with nobody. Because Julio's been so impactful. I mean, he he plays about – 10 snaps a game before leaving with a hamstring injury, never to return. I'm sorry. I love Julio Jones, but like, he's not the same. No, it's sad. It is sad. What's happened. Remember how excited we were in the off season. Oh, Julio Jones and AJ Brown. But I don't, I don't know if they've ever been on the field together because they've both been banged up a lot. They probably don't even like know each other. They're on the opposite <laughs> sides of the locker room. Yeah. Julio is always in the trainer's closet. <laughs> A.J. Brown's getting a nice bath because he's sore from carrying the team since Derrick Henry's down. <laughs> right. Oh, that is a great mental image. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've been impressed with the 49ers lately, and I'm taking them to win. Uh, yes, I actually am siding with you. I can't – Titans are not in a position right now. Yeah. All right, Rams and Vikings I have next up. This should be number two. Okay. Don't you okay me? I'll smack you. <laughs> and how dare you criticize me for not putting Packers Browns first when I did my watchability? Huh? When oh. I did the watchability index, you got mad at me because Packers weren't number one. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. always find something to criticize. That's our job. Vikings Rams. Yeah, I do think this will be exciting. I, I have the Rams winning, but. The Vikings are such a weird team. Like they look so hot and cold from week to week. <laughs> Good news for them is I want to reiterate. Yeah. It's not Kirk Cousins' fault. I mostly agree with that. Yeah. Dalvin Cook is back. Justin Jefferson is amazing. It seemed like Adam Thielen had a chance to play last week. He didn't ultimately, but if he comes back, that's a boost for this offense. And uh and yeah, I feel like he could offense... sit out. I could use Bourne. I got to finish the season strong. 
I feel like the Vikings offense is more the question here that the or is more the uh that's been the more stable part of this team it's the defense that's been really up and down yeah which normally is a stronger suit is not as strong as it normally is but they're coming together perfect no mediocre maybe (laughs) maybe they're at home which is helpful here i mean they both play in dome stadiums i think so Maybe it doesn't make that much of a difference. They'll have the home crowd behind them blowing their <laughs> Viking longhorns. You're a dome. I don't know. I think he, uh, yeah, I'm taking the Rams. I already said it. I think you're taking the Vikings, though. I am. All right. If you say so. Yeah. Ravens at Bengals. This is one that uh, would normally be higher up the index, but. Not super pumped about either of these teams right now. <laughs> Lamar Jackson still not practicing with that ankle injury. The Bengals have turned into, like, for all we saw from Joe Burrow last year, how awesome he looked. They have really turned into a defense and run game team as well. Like you were referencing earlier, a lot of teams doing that. And that's kind of both of these teams, MO. I don't know. Although the Ravens have no, no I, well, anymore. it depends on how you analyze that one. I would argue the Ravens are the, the pound on the ground with the with the uh, with the quarterback versus running backs. That's true. Whether it's Jackson or Huntley, and then with the Bengals, yeah. you have the more traditional, you know, ground pound game with Joe Mixon. Right. That might not work this week though, because the strength of the Ravens' defense is the run defense. The pass defense. I mean, their secondary has been devastated by injuries. I don't think there's any starters left in that group. No, I got a phone call to ask if they wanted me to play free safety. And I was like, man, I don't know. I'm kind of booked. I have a podcast to do. <laughs> don't tell me you turned that, turned that down. That could have been huge for the show. I'd tell all the guys like, hey, you know, got a podcast. Chris Gronkowski liked it in our tweets once. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what would get me in with the Ravens. Hey, Harbaugh, Coach Harbaugh. Anyway, I, I really don't know who to pick here. I'm torn. I'm taking the Ravens. I mean, even with Huntley, the way Huntley tore up the Packers, um, I don't think that the Bengals – oh, you know what? No, I'm switching. I think the Bengals are going to take this. <laughs> I think the winner of this game will have the lead in the division again since they're, they're tied. Right? They're neck and neck right now. So this is a huge game. I know this seems counterproductive to what I said about the Ravens making it in. I think I said that earlier. I can't remember what I did five seconds ago. But, <laughs> no, the Bengals, I think, with the secondary torn up for, for the Ravens, I'm going to think that we're going to see more of the classic Joe Burrow on top of the fact that Mixon is just a beast. So I'm taking the Bengals all day. Yeah, it's a more balanced team at this point. I think I'll side with you. I'll take the home team, Bengals. Steelers at Chiefs. I regret nothing. Steelers at Chiefs. Oh, well, this is a good know. like four weeks ago, but now it's like. <laughs> it's it's so weird. Yeah, yeah. Taking the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, enough said. The Steelers defense has been okay sometimes, although they got <laughs> pounded by Minnesota a few weeks ago. They came back strong against Tennessee, uh, but they're on the road again here, and the Chiefs are firing on all cylinders, so yes, Chiefs. Now, this game, I am regretting having it this far down. Dolphins at Saints on Monday Night Football. This should be like fourth or fifth. Yeah. this. If is, I'm being biased and putting the Packers at fourth, and this one comes after. This is going to be fascinating. I, it's, it's strength on strength with which, with Two of the best, sorry, two of the best defenses in the league. Right there? No, no, not at all. (laughs) The Saints, uh, the Saints just not even midnight yet. I know it's actually way earlier than we usually do this. Uh, Just goes to show what just stupid all day. I mean, (laughs) I've been on vacation, (laughs) and let me tell you, vacation with two young children is more work than work, at least in my job. (laughs) Well. I don't want to talk about your job. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna qualified. Rip on it. I don't think you're qualified to talk about my job. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It doesn't take a genius to do to Google how to code and then copy paste. 
taking notes on this now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Dolphins, like we already mentioned, are on a six-game winning streak. The Saints have been super up and down, but they just shut out Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I think it's freaking mind blown. The first Who time the hell Brady, are the Saints. The first time Brady has been shut out in a game in 15 years, I think, was the statistic. So pretty impressive, obviously, from them. Uh, so I don't know what to make of this one. I'm taking the Dolphins. Yes, because the Saints had a massive, amazing game that was awestruck and made the headlines, and now they're going to blow it. <laughs> that's that's kind of been their thing this year. Remember, I'm not going to stop bringing this up. These are the Saints, the same Saints who gave up 400 passing yards to Daniel Jones in like week two or whatever. I don't and think, then they shut out Tom Brady. I don't think in week 15. I don't think Daniel Jones had 400 passing yards combined in the rest of his games this season. <laughs> no, but I think he had 400 fumbles. <laughs> I think that's accurate. Yes. I'm not going to fact check it. I'm just going to accept it. Um, yeah. So we're both taking the Dolphins. Yes. Okay. Browns at Packers on Christmas. This is the other Christmas Day game. Uh, what did I tell you we were not doing? I forgot. <laughs> You're not the only one who forgot what you said five seconds ago. <laughs> Browns at Packers, yes. Okay, I'm taking the Packers. Yes. Okay. Anything oh, I see else? what's coming up now. Anything else to say about it? I think I hear kids the, crying, the, so let's let's hurry up here. Broncos oh, at okay. Raiders. It's going to be Drew Locke uh, due to Bridgewater's concussion. Uh, I think these teams are both seven and seven. Uh, so I would say the loser of this game is essentially done in terms of trying okay. to make the playoffs. And Matthew, here's my proposition. Will you? Yes, karaoke better. Wait, better? Who, are you, who are you taking? I mean, I got to take the Broncos. Then I take the Raiders and bet is on. <laughs> Love it. Lions and Falcons. Can the Lions Kids win? Are two? Hurry up. Can the Lions win two in a row? I say yes. I'm taking Detroit. Yes. Me too. Nice. Cowboys, or no, Washington at Cowboys is a Sunday night game. Cowboys can clinch the division with the win, and I think they do just that. Washington. Really? Yes. Okay. Bears at Seahawks. <laughs> despite, <laughs> Russell <Wilson. laughs> despite Russell Wilson's struggles, I'm taking the Seahawks. The Bears are Bears. monster fire. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Just Wait, you want to fight? Let's go. Bills has shown improvement lately. I will say that. Okay, Giants at Eagles. Uh, Daniel Jones is out for the season. Who cares? Could be Jake Fromm with Mike Glennon struggles. Oh, man, I wish we had time to discuss that Mike Glennon neck graphic I sent you. <laughs> we'll save that for another time. <laughs> I'm taking the Eagles. Yes, Eagles. Chargers at Texans. Taking the Chargers. Chargers. Bucks at Panthers. Uh, Cam Bucks. Newton is starting... Darnold is apparently healthy again and will, quote, have a role, to which I say, what the f*** are you doing, Matt Rule? <laughs> All right, that's two. You got to find that one, too. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Bucks, Even though they might not have Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, or they definitely won't have those two. They might not have Mike Evans either, but they are getting Antonio Brown back from injury slash suspension. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Taking the Bucks. Jags at Jets. Oh, man, we haven't talked about Urban Meyer getting canned yet. I guess we won't. Yeah, fantastic. It sucks. You suck, Urban Meyer. Go back to Ohio State. Really, anyway. Really, really funny, but yeah, not, not today. I Jets. Guess. I'm Jets, I agree. All right, fantasy corner, Matt lost in the playoffs. I'm so sorry. that happened. It wasn't <laughs> that was the most pathetic fantasy <laughs> corner review ever. <laughs> it was brutal. I'm not even going to play the music this time. <laughs> All right, we got to get out of here. Um, thank you, Matt, for accommodating my schedule. <laughs> and I will, uh, yeah, that's it. This will post on Thursday. So enjoy week 16, and we will see you guys. Have a, have a wonderful holiday, people. That's right. I was going to say that. Thank you. <laughs> so we'll see you on the flippity flop. Might go away. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.
God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy.